Welcome to episode 148 of the Fertility Podcast. My name is Natalie Silverman, your host. And if this is the first time you've found out about the Fertility Podcast, I do hope you take some time to have a listen back to previous episodes. There's quite a lot, over 140, as you heard. And I've spoken to experts around the world, as well as lots of different types of people sharing their stories. And if you use the search box on the fertilitypodcast.com website and look for what it is that is troubling you at the moment what you want to know more about i hope that you can find an episode to suit now my next guest is a reproductive endocrinologist her name is dr amy avazade you've probably seen her online because she's got an amazing presence and she does such good work and i wanted to talk more with her about her tushy method which is one of the things you'll hear us chatting about Dr. Amy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Nally, for having me on. I'm so glad to be here finally. I love I love well, what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. And, and likewise, and, and even more respect to the fact that you've got four children, which yeah. is a, a, a job in itself. And there's so much that you're doing, not just with your practice from the fertility side, but all the social media and all the shows. Amy's got an amazing collection of shows, which I'll put all the details in the show notes. She's got a podcast, she's got a YouTube channel. And I know from what I try to do with the content I put out, it is time consuming. And I love your shows, your YouTube stuff. I was watching you kind of analysing some sperm with one of your colleagues, which was just fascinating. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. My mother was very proud of me when I emailed her and I said, I'm doing a live sperm show tonight. So just explain to me about the, what is it, the YouTube stuff that's live? Because I know I was listening to the podcast and there was... um, you were talking about people calling in and I love how interactive it is what you do it's it's something that I try to do more of because people in this infertility space have so many questions and it's amazing that you're able to answer in real time is that the YouTube side of things that you get that live interaction yeah so the egg whisper show is streamed live on YouTube Twitter Um, Facebook, my website. And then I have an awesome producer named Paula and she packages them as podcasts for me so that people can just listen to them on the road, wherever they want to listen to them without, um, without seeing the video. And in the time that you've been working in the fertility industry, have you seen an increase in the number of people asking questions or has it just always been obviously something that people have always got questions about? Yeah. So I think that what we're seeing right now is more people are comfortable asking questions. You know, people always had questions when I went out socially, they would hear what I did for work and they would kind of take me aside. But now they take me aside publicly, like around other people and share their stories and ask me questions. So it's just different. So the stigma is slowly going away. It's steep. There's still definitely a stigma, but I think with the celebrity news and, you know, websites like, uh, myfword.org, you know, where people can actually share their story, have it be online, people learn from it. You know, there's so much awareness going on right now with the things I'm doing, my other fertility friends are doing, that it's just making it easier to talk about. Yeah, I agree. Yet you still talk about how there are too many people unaware about how their fertility declines with age. So we're still needing that education, even though we're starting to talk and it's becoming less of a taboo to talk about the kind of solutions or the options that we might have that understanding still needs to be there doesn't it it's true I mean we spend so much time at the doctor's office worrying about something like cervical cancer don't get me wrong cervical cancer is really really bad but it's so rare whereas more than one in ten women will have infertility and almost feels like a cancer that you've been diagnosed with when you have it and if you had all those years where you could have 
you know, learned a little bit about yourself, you know, that saying knowledge is power, maybe you would have done something a little bit differently. And so I'm trying to empower people so they know what questions to ask their doctor. I don't have to be everyone's doctor. So they can go to their physician and say, hey, look, this is the number of kids that I want. What are my levels? What should I do so I can reach my family size goals? It's as simple as that. Exactly. So let's just talk a bit about some of the ways in which you're kind of sharing that information because you do make it fun and you do make it accessible, which is one of the reasons that I was I was just really like chuffed to get to talk to you. The Tushy Method, which is one of my favorite acronyms. There's so many in the fertility world. This is my favorite one. So let's go all the way through. You can shake your tushy at me because I've been looking forward to talking about this. <laughs> And I am. I'm going to have a tushy dance, a tushy song. Um, it's coming. And a tushy gif. So all those things. But, but certainly fertility screening should be simple to understand, simple for patients to ask for. It shouldn't be complicated. It shouldn't be expensive, burdensome. People should have access to it. So I just basically like told my husband, I'm like, honey, okay, tubes. And I didn't do it in this order. I said, okay, people need a sperm check. They need to get their hormones checked, their genetics. I'm like, what kind of mnemonic can you come up with? Literally in two seconds, he looked at me and said, tushy. I was like, oh my God, I love, I love you. This is it. it. He did. We're a great team. So he's also a, uh, <laughs> he's an emergency room physician, not a fertility doctor, but at this point he might as well be a fertility doctor too. But the T is for fallopian tubes, U is for uterus, S is for sperm, H is in hormones, and Y is for your genetics. And these are the simple tests that you can do to understand your fertility so that you're not doing treatments based on no diagnosis, doing treatments that won't work. Like for example, if you're doing IUI and your fallopian tubes are blocked, that's a waste of time, right? If let's say you're doing um, Clomid and you don't even know that there's no sperm, well, that's a waste of time. So my thing is decrease your time to pregnancy and increase your chances is what Tushy Method is all about. So what is your view on the diagnosis of unexplained infertility, which so many people get so frustrating? I've, I've spoken to fertility experts who say that they feel that's a lazy diagnosis, that it means that the, the consultants haven't done enough tests. Where do you sit on that argument? Uh, unexplained means no one has explained it enough. So I tell people, ask more questions, go with your gut. The first thing I do when I see someone, I say, hey, what, what do you think is going on? And I can tell you most of the time people, even though they may not know the medical terminology for what is really going on, deep down they have a sense as what might be the problem. And so I think listening to your body, your body signs, and then finding a doctor that will believe in you and run all the proper tests. And it's not about like, I, I do agree with that. Like it's the lazy diagnosis, but I would just say, you're right. You just haven't done enough tests. So with the Tushy method, everyone will walk away with a diagnosis. Everyone will know what's going on. Like there's no such thing that you tell a 42 year old woman that you have unexplained infertility. And I see that all the time. And I'm like, well, I guess no one explained it to you that it's really hard to get pregnant over the age of 40. You know, that's the explanation. And how can you walk away saying someone gave me the diagnosis of unexplained and have that be okay? What about if people are listening and they're thinking, because I know from the conversations I have with people sharing their stories is that it's so overwhelming when you're in that room and the consultants may be speaking in jargon that you don't understand. And, and it's impacting on your confidence, you know, because it's all very well saying, you know, ask more questions. But what would you say if people are kind of afraid or nervous to? So I'll tell you what I do. After every consult visit, especially the new patient visit, I send everyone what I call your personalized fertility care plan. And it's an email summary of what I think is going on, because I do understand how it's very overwhelming for someone to just start talking about what's going on. And 
terms that you may not fully comprehend or understand, but if I write them down for people with helpful links about research, about things like endometriosis, how potentially a hydrosalpinx could affect their pregnancy rate with a transfer, like those are the things people need time to absorb, whether they want to do a laparoscopy or not. I don't expect them to know everything that I'm talking about here. And so then I say to them, please follow up with any questions you have. Whenever you have a period, think of me because I don't want you to just feel like you're lost and don't know where to go. So if you're still having periods, clearly my work is not done. And if I am not your doctor, it's okay. Bring a pad of paper, write the words down, ask how you spell them, then go back, do your research, go back with, have like a fertility notebook and bring a fertility pal. So those are the things that I tell people who, let's say, don't have me as their doctor so that they can feel that they know what's going on as much as possible. Yeah, the notes are so essential. I remember when we were going through treatment, I just would have my file and be like, right, this is what we've got so far look through so every step of the way you're armed you need to literally be armed with it don't you exactly now what about guys because obviously we've got the um we've got the s in tushy for the semen analysis and we know that it's uh, you're talking about every pregnancy is 50 percent egg 50 percent sperm but we also know that it's often 50 50 male female factor with the the stats that we've got of couples going through infertility how open are the guys that you're talking to about the problem being with them or being checked or looking more at what they could do? Yeah, I mean, there's so many ways now that we can look at sperm in a comfortable setting. So I think a lot of guys are just so fearful of like going to some creepy closet, not knowing what's going to happen, being embarrassed with questions that are being asked of them. And so I actually ask guys like, do you want to do a sample at home or do you want to do a home collection kit? So there's a company here in the US called Reprosource. They have a home collection kit and we order it. And I would say that 100% of the guys that we see here, they'll do an analysis because they know they have an at-home option. Because I think the biggest hurdle, the biggest obstacle, it's not about like finding out that there's something wrong with them because we're at that point in, in, in society where men just want to, they want, they, they, most men want to be parents and they want to be a part of the solution. So they don't want to interfere with their part, for the most part, with their inner with their partner and them being parents. And so by offering them an at-home test that's reliable and valid is a really useful tool. That's good to hear. Now, let's let's talk about your freeze and share program, which is a relatively new thing, even though it's something that you've been a part of. In fact, before we talk about the freeze and share program, tell me when the Egg Whisperer name was given to you. So that Egg Whisperer name was given to me a little over four years ago, and it was a very dear patient of mine who wanted to give up. And I said, heck no, you are not giving up. This just wasn't your golden egg. So we did another cycle. She actually got two golden eggs. I transferred two embryos, and she's now the mother of twin boys. And as a gift, I didn't know what I was going to do with it at the time. She bought me the URL eggwhisper.com. And then when I started throwing egg freezing parties, women were coming to me and they were saying, Amy, I go to my OBGYN. I'm asking them for these tests that you're educating us about at these parties. And they're not doing them. They're saying, oh, you don't need them. You're too young. So that's where Egg Whisper that's how it, it, what it evolved into is basically a platform where people can get their fertility levels checked and then find out what it means for them and then you know, figure out what they need to do from there. And just talk me through your egg freezing parties because we don't have them. Well, they're a blast. We're a blast. Well, I don't know if you have any Iranian friends, but we like to throw the best parties with the best food in the nicest places. So I basically said, look, every party I, I go to basically is an egg freezing party where people just come up to me and ask me questions. So I said, I'm just going to start throwing these myself. So I find a private room in a restaurant that I really like, and I basically greet women 
give a scientific presentation about fertility. It's basically a fertility awareness seminar. We eat yummy food, have some drinks, hang out, talk about eggs and sperm too. I have thrown sperm freezing parties as well, but we won't talk about that. That was a little awkward. (laughs) And then um, at the end of the party, uh, toward the end, after the Q&A session, everyone usually comes up to me and I have a section where I just sit down and people come up to me and ask me more personal questions one-on-one. So it's just a great experience where people are sitting with like-minded people and they can ask fertility questions in a safe space without feeling like they're going to be judged. And it's just nice to see that there are other people just like them. And women come and not just women from, you know, the ages of even like 20 to 45. So it's open to everybody. Because I think egg freezing in the UK is reported in a slightly scaremongering way, especially at the moment. We've got quite a lot of discussion going on about the 10 year storage limit um, that we have. Do you have any such limits in the US? We don't. And I can't imagine that a man would be okay with that. You know, imagine telling a man, look, I'm freezing your sperm, but then if you have cancer, I'm just going to throw it away after a certain period of time or no matter what your condition is. So why would we ever do that to women? It just makes absolutely no sense to me. I don't see why society would want to freeze a woman's eggs or how it would benefit society to freeze her eggs and then tell her that there's a shelf life. Because from a scientific standpoint, there's no such thing as freezer burn. So I know in other countries as well that this exists. It even exists for embryos. Again, doesn't make sense to me. Because I know that there are circumstances, if there's medical circumstances, like you just said, if it's cancer or something, that the that the limit can be extended to 55. Yet what the issue is that if a woman has been proactive and is immersed in her career and at, say, 25 decides to go ahead and freeze her eggs, who's to say at 35 she's then ready to use them? Yet she's got to make that decision, having invested in the freezing, to then discard them, which just sounds mad. So um, I'm not quite sure what the outcome's going to be because it's currently in discussion but I'm interested in how what you're doing with your freeze and share program because it is a global project that you've 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 kind of embarked on how that works and and how that could work in the UK with this limit that we've got exactly I want to attract women from all over the world so if you're someone who wants to freeze their eggs for free in exchange for donating half to a family who will share them with you then this is the program for you And we also include five years of storage in the program. It is not for women who are having fertility challenges. So I've had people reach out to me and say, hey, you know, I want to offset the cost of my IVF cycle and I want to split the eggs with another family that you'll get during my egg retrieval. No, this is not the program for you because that would just break my heart. And you hear stories like this. And there are some similar freeze and share programs out there where someone is actually donating their eggs and the other family gets to have the only baby from that batch. And then the woman who donated them gets nothing. So that's why I limit it to women who are potentially considering being egg donors as well, meaning they're going through an agency. And so in the U S they're about over probably the estimate is around 12,000 women a year go through an egg donation cycle, meaning you're around 25 years old, you're donating your eggs for free. I'm sorry, for a fee to another family, but no one's looking out for these women. And that's what I'm trying to do. My message is, look, when you donate a kidney, your other kidney will last forever. But when you donate eggs, you're going to run out of your eggs. And I've seen so many women over the years who come into me at 40 and say, I donated my eggs at 20 and now I need an egg donor. And it's like, that should not happen. We should be protecting these egg donors. We should be freezing some of their eggs. And in women who think about 
life as sharing and are open to, you know, making the universe an even better place by sharing their DNA, because of course their egg is a precious gift, which is the gift of life, then I invite them to sign up for the program. And it's not like you just sign up and we just move right into it. It's a very high touch program from my standpoint in terms of counseling, the legal paperwork, the blood paper, all the blood work that we do, the genetic tests we do. So it's not just you sign up and then you just come here for a cycle. There's a lot involved to make sure that if you want to meet the family where your eggs are going, you get the, a chance to do that. So that's one of the reasons why I started the program, because we all know that there's no such thing as anonymous when it comes to DNA. Once you give someone your DNA, they're going to know who you are for the rest of your life. And egg donors don't realize that. And they're considered anonymous, but they've given their DNA. And yet we all know that they're really not anonymous. How does that then work if, because obviously with this podcast, people listen all over the world. If people are interested, do they, they have to come to the States to have it happen? Or are you working with satellite clinics or how do you see it happening in other countries? I want this to be the way, like the way of the future. I really do. So I, I'm starting small, I'm starting here in the Bay Area with Dr. Amy, Freeze and Share program. But I would love this to be a, a global thing that people all over clinics everywhere can do, where I have relationships with other clinics. They come to me and say, I want a Freeze and Share program. And you can take the match that's potentially made through my platform, through my, uh, through my system, and then take that match to the clinic that's in your area. Meaning you don't have to come physically here. Technology is so amazing that we can have so many conversations virtually, can't we? What about the success rates then from egg freezing? The success rates really depend on the viability of the egg. And that has everything to do with your age or a lot to do with it. So if let's say you're a 25 year old and you froze six eggs, well, the chance that you'll have a healthy pregnancy for those six eggs is probably over 85%. But if let's say you're a 37 year old and you froze six eggs, the chance that you're gonna have a viable pregnancy from those eggs is probably 15%. So education around success from those eggs is really important too, because you hear these things, I'm sure you hear them too, about how egg freezing is, egg you know, I call it insurance. And I say to people, no, it's just a chance. We're still human beings. It's still just a chance for pregnancy. So this thought that women can wait and wait and wait and then have kids when they're ready and use their eggs and have that really be a foolproof way of getting pregnant, well, it just doesn't work that way. I wish it did. Well, look, it's, it's been fascinating just hearing a little insight into all the amazing work you do. And we'll, we'll put the details of the tissue method uh, in the show notes because I really wanted to get you explaining that because I just think it's brilliant and I think it's a really clear, methodical way through that people can look at when they're trying to work out what's going on with them. What would you give as a, a one final kind of takeaway for people listening, considering that people that are listening to this podcast are probably already in some form of treatment plan, whether it's, you know, just watching what they're eating and they they haven't started treatment, but they've been trying to conceive for a while, or maybe they've sadly had failed cycles. Is there a, a something that you like to give on a, a regular basis to the people that you're working with? I know you said to your egg whisper friend, don't give up, but what else would you say? Um, my, my most recent mantras that I'm telling people is inhale confidence and exhale self-doubt. It really helps. I have patients emailing me all the time and I just do that with them. I do that with them over email in the office and they they say to me that that's so helpful because it it's kind of like a guided imagery for all the stuff coming in that they feel stronger and then they just push out all the stuff that makes them doubt and and push out all the hopelessness and so what i tell people is if you've had your tushy checked it might not be recent enough 
and get another look at your tushy. Cause I have people that come to me, I had my tushy checked and they still don't know what's going on. And I'm saying, you know, if you showed me all your stuff, I bet I'd be able to figure out what's really going on here. And so if it's been a while since you've had your levels checked, do a recheck. If it's been more than a certain period of time since you've done the seam analysis, look again and don't buy the whole, the sperm is low, but it's still really good. I mean, I see that all the time where we sugarcoat the results of men all the time. So just have a doctor that's going to be transparent with you, tell you the truth, give you a clear path, and then do what you can on your own at home to get pregnant because there's no medical doctor that's a medical deity. We just are using science, but at the end of the day, it's all nature. And um, the other thing that I'll add that I do is I always tell my patients that I believe in your fertility. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what your FSH is. You're going to be a parent one way or another. And then lastly, I always tell people I'm not into plan B, C, D, or E. <laughs> I'm into plan A. That plan A is how you're going to be a parent. It might take some different steps, a little bit more creativity, but at the end of the day, you being a parent is always my goal. Well, thank you. I love it. Wise words indeed. Dr. Amy, thank you. It's been lovely, lovely talking to you. We will keep in touch. I will share all the different things that you're doing, like I've said on the show notes. And uh, I look forward to speaking again. Awesome. Thanks, Natalie. Talk to you soon. Thank you. If you're looking for a supplement to take whilst trying to conceive, Pregnacare Conception and Wellman Conception provide advanced nutritional support. They include zinc, vitamin D and the exact levels of folic acid recommended for women by the UK Department of Health. Pregnant Care is expert nutritional care while trying for a baby. And to find out more, visit thefertilitypodcast.com forward slash shop. The Fertility Podcast is sponsored by Infertile Life. For you, if you're trying to conceive and struggling with preparing yourself for IVF treatment, the Enhanced Fertility Programme will enable you to improve your physical and mental health and get the support you need to get pregnant faster. It's all online. And to find out how you can join today, visit infertile-life.com forward slash EFP. OvoBank, the first egg bank in Europe, based in FIV Marbella, has just launched OvoMatch. It's an app that uses facial recognition technology to search its database for the donor that most resembles you. Simply enter your physical characteristics and take a selfie and you will be matched in real time to a potential donor. To find out more, visit ovobank.com. Now coming up in the next few weeks, we've got more expert Facebook Live chats through the Ultimate Fertility Guide, which you can see on the Fertility Podcast page as well as the Ultimate Fertility Guide Facebook page. And don't forget, of course, I have my closed Facebook group, Talk Fertility, where you can join and ask others questions and I have some of my previous guests as admins there to help answer your questions so it's just another part of the community available for you so the show notes of this episode are thefertilitypodcast.com forward slash whisperer go and find out more about Amy and you can find all the links to everything that I've mentioned for this podcast thank you as always for your support and until the next time 